I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, and welcome to Love's a Pitch, a podcast where I try to help my nearest and dearest friends find love. Okay, maybe on this episode, that's the case. I'm your host, Carolyn Bergier, and yes, it's going to be obvious we talk about it, but today's episode does center around a very, very good friend of mine, and she's no stranger to you if you listen to the Diking Out podcast or if you look at my Instagram stories, because she's also my travel buddy, Cecilia and I, we love traveling with her. She's so much fun, so interesting, just such a great all around person. And I can't wait for you to get to know her on this level because usually, and on her podcast, she's always talking about things in the media and other celebrities. But now we get to really find out who is Jess Rothschild. I hope you enjoy. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. 
you won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I'm so excited for today's pitch because we are hearing from New York City base, Jess Rothschild. Jess, how do you feel about doing this podcast? That's a great question. I think I feel a little out of my element, although it's reminding me of how Judy Gold met her partner through a Time Out New York ad. It was like a Valentine special. And then she they picked her. This is literally like 20 to 25 years ago. And her partner answered the ad and they've been together now 20 years. So maybe I could be wow. the next Judy Gold. So it is, re- I, it is reminding me of that. But I am a bit nervous. I was thinking that this could be more of your truth about cats and dogs moment, not so much in the whole Cyrano aspect of it, but more like somebody's going to fall in love with you by listening to you. But also you do have your own podcast, so that could also be happening over there, too. That This is not... Well, not yet. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hero to gay men, but uh, oh, the lesbians have recently uh, learned who I am. That's we can I mean, we can get into yeah. that a lot later in this episode. <laughs> okay, okay. I I think maybe it's just you haven't put the call out at the end of your podcast to be like. Also, if you just fell in love with me on this episode, please reach out. Should that be like my closing statement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we should get to your pitch, but before we do that, tell our listeners how you identify. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm gay. I identify like gay, lesbian, uh, and a New Yorker, I guess, and a Leo. All right. Well, let's just get into this pitch. All right. So I'm Jess. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm 40 years old. I live in Manhattan in the village. Like I said, I've always identified as gay, very comfortable with my sexuality. But uh, here are the headlines. I have my life together. I can get shit done. I have a career in design strategy. Uh, I'm a great texter. And I also like to talk on the phone. I don't have any allergies. So like we can pretty much eat anything. I'm known for my podcast, uh, somewhat called Hot Takes and Deep Dives, which is centered on gay pop iconography, New York City culture. So I've interviewed a lot of the formative gay people from my high school and college years. It's a body of work I'm really proud of. I am super into gay summer life. So like Fire Island, Provincetown. I can name every housewife. I've seen the L word and sex in the city a hundred times front to back. So if you want to chat about that, loving to do it. I love to sit at the bar of a nice restaurant. I, f- I like the intimacy of that. 
What else? I believe you get what you pay for. So I am not cheap. And I used to say I majored in the lesbian internet. I mean, I can verify that everything you just said is 100% accurate and truthful. I'm like just nodding along like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yep. This is all I mean, are we going to are we going to break the fourth wall here and like let people know that we're actually like very close friends? Yeah, like we spent Valentine's Day together. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. I agreed to go to a show headlined by somebody that she hates. I cannot stand. <laughs> so listen, I guess maybe that's part of my pitch is if you love Carolyn, you will marry into like <laughs> a really good like friendship group. Yes, we're like, going to travel you can, together. You w- yeah, I mean, listen, if if you marry into this family, like you will be, you know, listen, we're going to be tra- you'll be traveling with Carolyn and her wife. You'll be. Yeah, this is real. Spending I guess, Christmas. Really, you'll be sending Christmas at her house. You was willing Valentine's Day together. And uh, maybe Carolyn will actually marry us. Yes, <laughs> I do tend to volunteer to officiate weddings to people, whether or not I know them that well. Part of the brand now. <laughs> I think I'm just going to lean into this whole whole uh, love and matchmaking thing. You know, Jess, I'm always on the lookout for you. As you know, I'm always looking for for your next partner and to find somebody that I deem like worthy of your love and affection. It's a tall order. It's really hard. So. I think I'm at an interesting crossroads in my life because I have had like that significant big relationship. Like I was in a relationship Mm -hmm. from the end of my 20s, right basically until the beginning of the pandemic. So this was eight years of my life. So I feel like I've done a lot, like in terms of like relationship wise. So I have been single since the pandemic, you know, dipped my toe back into dating. I, did the apps. And then about a year ago, I kind of took myself off the apps and I I really burnt out on them. And I think it's a testament to the fact that I actually don't really need to be in a relationship. And I think that is my big inner struggle. And And I do struggle with the fact that, well, I would like to share my life with somebody and I would like to travel with somebody. And I would like to do, you know, I loved being in a relationship. Like I loved my relationship. But now that I've been out of it, I think the fact that I'm very independent is is a great strength, but it's also in a way a detriment to my life in the sense of I don't have that much motivation to want to, it's a lot to go through. Like I've been through heartache and I think I'm very open-minded and I do want that in my life, but it's got to be the right person. And so I really want to find somebody who can be really additive to my life, like somebody who can just like blow me away. Is it fair to say that you're not as willing to maybe compromise on your wants and needs at this point? What do you mean? Like basically that that your standards are higher for like if you're really going to go for it in in a relationship, you're not going to overlook certain red flag. Oh, my God. No, no, no. You're in a place where you can be picky because you're not desperate. Not to say that, you know, you have to be desperate to, to compromise, but like 
I know for myself and dating in the past, there have definitely been times where I like things that I thought maybe this is important for me. I'm like, well, maybe I don't need like this person's filling these other things out. I'm not really looking to just like check the box of like, I don't need like the warm body next to me, like just for the sake right. of having a warm body. The right, way right, I think right. a, the way I think a lot of people date in their 20s, like I yes. like I said, like I turned 40 last summer. And but even before that, I, I was actually always like pretty picky and I was always very independent. So it's somebody who really fits my my life, somebody who like really makes sense for me. Like I'd rather I'm perfectly okay having, you know, I have I have great friends, I have great family. So it has to be something that, it, like I said, like is just bringing like pure joy and additive to my to my life. And no, I guess I'm no, I'm not willing to to bend on, you know, things that are clearly going to would be entering into a bad situation. Something that's clearly not a match. I know what is a match and what isn't a match. Like I don't in plain language. How soon do you feel that right away? Pretty much right away. Yeah. Within a few meetings. Yeah. When you said that you were kind of done with the apps, what was your frustration with them? I think I just burnt out on them. I mean, I will say I've actually every person I've ever dated, I actually met online. Like going back to like I was on like Planet Out back in the day. I don't even know. Do you remember that? I remember Planet Out. But, like, I mean, I wasn't on it, but I knew. That's how I met like some of like still a really good friend of mine. And I always met people through, you know, like whatever match.com. That's when it was like emails and stuff. Probably because I was never like a huge bar person. Like I've never like met somebody in a bar and like did that whole thing. I've just never lit I've literally never had that experience. Why not? Why not? I don't know. That's fair. There's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But like, what is it about like a bar setting that you're like, the this isn't going to be a good place to meet people? It, the music is so loud. And like, it's hard to connect with somebody. And usually I'm there with friends. Like, I'm usually not there on my own. There have been people that I thought were cute. But like, sometimes I can't find my way in. It's just not where I shine. So have you ever picked up on someone in the wild? Uh, I don't think so. Interesting. Or if I have, it turns out they're like, it, you know what? There was there was a woman two years ago who I saw at Cherries in Fire Island, and she was so cute, and she was sitting with a bunch of guys, and she like went up to go to the bathroom, and so I literally went, this was like one of the few times I've ever done this, I went up to one of the guys she was with and I was like, hey, like, what's the deal with your friend? And he was like, she's straight or like, whatever. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. OK. And then he's like, put my tail between my legs. And went, I'm like, well, this is why I don't do this. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally fine doing it, but like, it's just never panned out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what's your ideal first date with somebody? Oh, I mean, well, like I said, like, I do love like sitting at the bar of like a nice place. Because like it does create this like yeah, natural intimacy where you're not like there's something about sitting across the table from somebody. It can be a bit distant. Um, but I would say first meaning I like to get like cocktails, cocktails like and like apps, like keep it simple. It doesn't have to be all drawn out. Like it's like a simple meeting. So I like that for a first date. Do they have to be familiar with queer pop culture references? Queer pop culture references? 
Yeah. Or I, I mean, like, what if you're just, if you went on a date and this person is gorgeous and cool and they're just like, I don't own a TV. I feel like I've been in that experience. No, they don't have. To, no, no. I would like I would like a moment to shine. I can like teach them and show them. <laughs> I can show them the world. No, I'm not looking for somebody that's like as annoying as us. <laughs> <laughs> So we won't be having a, a group L word daily. Oh my god, voice that's hilarious! Memo exchange. Wow. I mean, it's great if somebody like has like share. I guess this goes into like my age range. I want somebody who who can speak the language of like, you know, I, I don't know that I could date somebody su- that's that much younger than me or that much older than me. There has there. I have a pretty defined right. like age radius, but that's because of like culture right. cultural references. Doesn't have to be pop culture references. Listen, am I going to like really click with somebody who like grew up Amish without a TV? Like probably not. But, you know, know something about the world. Yeah. I mean, maybe they had a great rum springer. I don't know. (laughs) They spent their rum springer watching the L word. Yeah. I I do want our listeners to be aware that I think Jess is incredible in many ways. But there is something wrong with us in that we do talk about the L word almost every day. You know, I was jealous of Karina, the guest on your first episode, because I was jealous that she thought of the L word astrological chart before I did. So <laughs> that like blew me. I was like, this girl is hilarious. So I loved that. What about kids? Is that something that you've ever wanted or would be open to? I'm totally open to dating somebody or being with a partner who has a kid already from like a previous mm-hmm. relationship. That's something that I've often thought about. Yeah, I think would like bring a lot to my life. I'm like very open minded about that. I don't want to do it from scratch, but I'm very down to like helping them with their math homework. I feel like I can really shine in that area. Yeah. <laughs> what is like the hottest quality in another person. Oh my gosh. Or a few of them. Okay. I would say somebody who has a quiet power that's just really confident and comfortable in their own skin, somebody who is really sure of their sexuality, no hangups about it, they know who they are. Hopefully somebody who's like been around the block and like they they just very comfortable. Do you have a physical type? I do. I want to preface by saying like I am open, but I would be lying if I didn't say the people who I've always been attracted to, whether it be like in real life or just like people on TV who I'm drawn to. I like dark features, like dark hair, dark eyes. I do love a redhead. I love green eyes, too. But generally speaking, like dark. Mm hmm. Yeah, that 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 is my physical type. And I like like kind of like wild hair. Like I like I like something that's not quite so like cookie cutter with like the blonde straightened hair. Like literally it's like mm-hmm. I, I have a very hard time even like noticing people like that. It's just it, it's me. It's not them. Like it, this, yeah. is, this is a me thing. Yeah. But like you're asking my physical. I mean, that's what it is. So. Who are your top celebrity crushes? I would say historically, like, listen, I love Gina Gershon. Like that would be like my type. I would say like Gwyneth Turner for people who know who that is. She's a writer. 
and uh, like filmmaker. And if you know who Guinevere Turner is, there's a great chance that you and Jess are going to get along. Okay, listen, if you know who Guinevere Turner is, DM me immediately. And like, we're going to go out like, we'll, we'll we will <laughs> click. We will click. Um, yeah. And then like, listen, like, like a bit like a bet Porter, like not Jennifer Beals, the actress, but like a bet Porter, like what she looks like in that show, like no notes. Well, as long as the hair is curled. So long as the hair is curled. Yes, I'm very passionate about when they straighten Jennifer Beale's hair. I mean, they should. I mean, this is a family show, but uh, they should be punished. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I'll throw in uh, Gigi, too, from the Elbow Generation Q. Sepi de Like, well, I mean, yes. Sepi, if you're listening. No notes. No, I think. No notes. (laughs) Yeah. Last we heard, she's taken. um, I know. Do you have any red flags that are your own that other people like things about you that other people might see as a red flag? Oh, I have a long list of my own shortcomings. <laughs> well, these aren't red flags. They're more just like drawbacks or like they're things that I wouldn't brag about. But like this is my list of like reasons why I suck. I don't cook and I like don't really care to learn. Like I can feed myself and like that's about it. I like to sometimes like be in charge of like planning shit. I mean, I'm very open, but like it, I get frustrated when people sometimes don't move as fast as I do. And that's something I'm working on. So I got to be more patient in general. A red flag about me. I mean, I, I guess I am a little set in my ways, which is like a fear that I have, like getting older. I am rather set in my ways and. I have to break that. And I'm willing to do that. Like for the right person, like I'm down to, you know. I don't know if it was in The New Yorker. There was some article like five years ago about the struggle for our generation is that because we settle down later, we become more set in our ways. And then once we do merge with somebody... It makes it more difficult rather than like we think about our parents who got married, you know, in their early 20s on average. I think my parents were like 21 and 23 or something when they got married. You know, they barely they're just learning how to be independent and then they're doing it together. Yeah. Or yeah. Or people who people who meet like in in college, like my cousin, like met her husband, like in college, like they were barely formed. Their brains weren't even fully formed when they got married. And like, yeah, it. So I I don't think it's something that is terribly uncommon with people, you know, in our general age group is that a lot of people are just kind of set in their in their ways of doing things. But but I'm excited I'm excited to break out of that and yeah. And also like that that's never something that somebody told me. It's more of something that I'm self-conscious of of like, oh, is this happening to me? Yeah. What do you like best about being in a relationship? I love living with somebody. I really love coming home to somebody. And I love sharing friends, like, you know, going out with like another couple to dinner. I love getting into a show with my partner and like, oh, are you going to watch our show? And like being just sharing that experience being just like side by side. I love, you know, I have a small dog and I would love to meet somebody who had their own dog or like maybe we get a dog together. And I love like having like animals together. Like it makes me feel Mm -hmm. like a family. So yeah, those would be like, 
the top of the list. You think Piper would be okay with another dog coming? Listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the dog. The dog need big dogs can apply to this. Okay, can apply to this. Loves a pitch. That's (laughs) important. That's very important when talking to lesbians and gay women. Unfortunately, your your big dog will kill my six and a half pound baby girl. And we can't have that. That would be a deal breaker if your dog kills my dog. Very unintentionally. I feel like big dogs are just so unaware of their size and would just trample her precious, precious little face. Yeah, my my, my baby girl is perfect. So listen, like, I don't know that we can do a pit bull. Like, I don't know. I It's yeah, we'll discuss it. <laughs> You'll have to give your your Doberman back to your ex. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm not taking a Doberman. No, I'm not taking that on. A kid, okay. If the kid, if the kid is like walking, talking, can feed themselves, and I can like they get my sense of humor, I'll take that over the Doberman. So you were in a relationship for a long time, a pretty significant relationship. Were there any lessons or takeaways from that that you're going to keep in mind the next time that you get into something that's like committed? Oh, my God. I mean, this has been a transformative period of time these past three years. I really learned how to be a, a better version of myself in a relationship. And and again, I love I love being in a relationship. But there were things that I struggled with, you know, in being so independent. And so it, it's something that I'm, yeah, like, I mean, just in terms of like prioritizing certain things over other things. I mean, the biggest lesson I've learned is more than the relationship always has to come first above anything else. And I think I learned that it, it's something that like you take for granted. Once you've been in a relationship for a significant amount of time, you begin to just be like, oh, well, like I got this locked down. Like this is this is a lock. When you've been living together for, you know, X amount of years, once it's that far along, so, I mean, I'll be very honest, like that's something that I, there were, there were definitely moments where like I went left and I should have gone right. And I am committed to myself to n- not do that again. And I, and I'm aware, that's the thing I wasn't even aware. And now like, I can really hold the mirror up to myself and see those moments, you know, where I, I should have went the other way in just yeah. certain certain things, you know. Yeah. What's the worst date you've been on? Oh, my God. Worst date I've been on? I don't know if this has been the worst date I've been on, but I had a very strange experience when I started dating again. This was maybe like it, it was still the pandemic, but whatever. When I got back on the apps, I'll try to truncate this story. The first girl that I met, you know, swipe, swipe, boom. It was actually somebody who I had met out at a dinner party like the year prior through mutual friends. We wound up going out and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a sign from baby Jesus. Like this, this person's the one. And we went out. Turns out she's like dating other people like she whatever. And we went out a few times and in our last date, she wound up telling me how she was about to take a trip with this girl who she was seeing. So I was like, what the fuck? And I was really salty about that because I thought that we had a connection. Cut to like a month later or like two months later, I wound up meeting 
another person on the apps who we hit it off really great as friends. And somehow it's revealed literally in that first date that the two of them are really good friends. Those two people. And I'm still really good friends with this person who this next person I met. A month later, I'm back on the apps and I'm looking at this person's profile and a few things in it seemed really familiar to me. And I think in the in my heart of uh, listen, uh, this is a safe space. I'm going to be totally honest. I I was 99% sure that this was the person who that initial person was going on vacation with. And I was like, I need to do some investigative reporting here. And so we went out and I confirmed the whole thing. And wow. Yeah. I'm really boiling this down. This is a very lengthy story. But that was I was quite aggressive in that meeting. I I was pretty much like interviewing this person. Yeah. Trying to connect the dots. Yeah. 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 Like what was happening? Yeah. Wow. But three people who are can I mean, do whatever. Two people. Who yeah. Are connect- yeah. Crazy. No, I, f- I feel like apps or like, is there an app yet that lets you like connect profiles to like exes and stuff so that you just know, like you could see somebody and be like, oh, wait, they went on a date with my ex. I'm not swiping on them. Yeah, I don't think we have the technology for that yet. Well, I mean, I'm sure it goes against privacy things like you'd have to opt. You have to opt into it. But but I would I would volunteer like. Imagine making plans and meeting up with someone then finding out like, oh, you slept with my ex-wife. Like, No, but this is but this is giving me shades of the chart. Remember, remember I know. When Showtime remember Showtime was like, we have a great idea. We're going to create a website where every person, every lesbian, it just normal civilians will put their sexual history online. This is a great idea. So I never actually like used the chart, but that's what it like. They actually. We're trying to replicate the Alice chart. Yes. I thought it was just like the name. No, that literally was I, the concept of this social media. I knew it was like a social yeah. network. Oh, wow, yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. I mean, what a shocker. Normies don't want to put, yeah. People don't want to <laughs> do that. Yeah. I guess that, that would create some problems. But dating in New York, I feel like, is its own beast. But you, for the past two years, have spent some time in New Orleans. How is it different going on dates with people in New Orleans versus New York? Do you notice that there's a difference? Well, I'm different because I'm looking for casual in those scenarios. Like it's a temporary. Yes, that's true. For the past two years, I spent the first like six or eight weeks of the year down in New Orleans, which is like one of my favorite cities, had amazing experience. I just got back to New York. So like I did go on the apps there. And I would say I, it, I'm i different because I'm look because I'm transient in that yeah. scenario. So I'm much more forgiving of. Yeah, but it's it's great. There's like an amazing queer community down there. If anybody's looking for like New Orleans tips, like. Love it. We've been to New Orleans a few times together. Yes, yes. Yes. But in New York dating, I how would you describe it for anybody who's listening and, and doesn't live here or doesn't know? I just feel like it's such a beast. Dating on the apps? Yeah, on the apps or in general. I just feel like the sheer amount of people. Th- this is my own theory. It's just like the sheer amount of people who are in New York, I think maybe people are quick to just 
I don't know, like quick to ghost, quick to back out of plans, quick to flake, right. quick to move on to the next because there's always going to be another option. And, and I know that that's more of an issue in the straight community, which obviously I'm not too familiar with, but I know straight friends, just like the frustration with this feeling that they're completely disposable. I That hasn't been my experience, to be honest with you. I've had, like I said, I met every person I ever had a, a, like a real relationship with or every person I've like pretty much like been out with are people that I met online. And even if I were to meet them out like through friends or whatever, I've actually had a really good experience. And it may be because I've only lived here. This is my only point of reference. I'm not right. coming from Florida or LA where it's like they those have their own issues like this is all I know so to me this is normal and I don't think it's bad like I know people like oh yeah. New York is the hardest I think it's the easiest city to meet somebody in you can walk everywhere like everyone's pretty close even if you're in Manhattan the person's in Brooklyn okay it's a train ride away like I you're not dealing with driving the way you are in LA like I find it to be like I said it's all I've ever known but like I don't really have a whole list of complaints. And I think the fact that there are so many people, I think that's a good thing because like I've there have been times there have been times that I've like flipped open the apps like on Fire Rhines and I'm like, there's nobody here. Right. I mean it's not like I'm on Grinder looking for a guy where like there's a hundred guys within like three inches of me. When you're a woman on Fire Island, like it's not that like New York is like heavily concentrated with lesbians. So like I'm into it. I mean, we went to P-Town yeah. and Ani DeFranco was there yes. and there was nobody on field. It was like two people. I was trying to find potential matches for you on field. And I'm like, whoa, even with Ani DeFranco in town, there's four oh people on this app. And yeah, it's rough. I, I do think, yeah, to be to be a queer person in New York, it's one of the best places to be in terms of like higher chances of meeting people. But yeah, I, I guess I always wonder if those the the struggles of the the average straight person, like, does that carry over to the dating world here? Because for me, I mean, you know, I got out of my marriage and then the first person I kissed, I married them, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, can't relate, cannot relate. <laughs> no, I, I like a good decade to go by before I uh, I'm kidding, I mean, obviously. <laughs> But, you know, not like I was looking for it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I've never really been like single and dating. In, in wow. New York. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Mm. I don't know what mm -hmm. what it would be like to to try to find somebody. And, and also in New York, I feel like everybody's so busy. Mm -hmm. You know how I met a lot of people in my 20s. I was fortunate enough, I had this really great friend, Jordana, and when we were all like 24, well, I met her maybe when I was like 24, cut to like as we're like approaching our 30s, she decided to create a group. It was very important to her that she meet somebody who was Jewish as well. And so she created a group for like Jewish lesbians, like, and we would host like a lesbian Shabbat once a month. Mm. So at first it was, I was at the very first one. And it was maybe like six of us. And then every month it grew and grew and grew to the point where like you could barely fit people in an apartment. It was like enormous. Oh, wow. And so many people met there like 
girlfriends. Some people eventually like married the person that they met through that group. Some people became really close friends. I made extremely close friends through that circle. And that went on for years. She kept that going. And we would all rotate apartments. And so I don't know that you really have to. And I'm sure versions of that are still going on. But like that's a real I think that's a really good way to meet people is like start with like a small group and then, you know, have somebody like, oh, like bring a friend next time. Like everyone like maybe like bring one person, you know, like slowly expand it and like you'll meet friends, you'll meet connections and like you never know. And it it really did open up my world. And that's really how I made a lot of lesbian friends in my later 20s. So what's the next group you're starting? Like Carol watch party? Like, oh, my God, that's funny. Yeah, I guess another another reason to date me is every Christmas I do throw a Carol watch party. Bring your own cigarette and wig. Yes. <laughs> I just brought a coat. I was going to dress like Carol uh, Raswell from. Oh, that's hilarious. From Roni. <laughs> from Roni. But I yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who do you relate to the most from Real Housewives for anybody who who's into Ooh. that that can give you who would be your best friend IRL if you had to be best friends with a housewife maybe Carol because she's like the most like down to earth and normal I with the whole Bethany versus Carol fight I I really like kept flip flopping in terms of like whose side I was on because for the longest time Bethany was my number one and within the context of the show she still is. She is a weapon against society right now on online, on Instagram and TikTok. In fact, I muted her. I muted Bethany. If I am mute to like people, if I am muting Bethany, she's down bad. That's really bad. You've alienated like your number one supporter. So, yeah, I would. But to answer the question, I would say Carol because she's like the most normal and like she's a New Yorker. I've like seen her at Lore Fish Bar at brunch. Like we seem to like the same places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's also probably gay. I'll say it. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, yes. Carol, if you're listening to this, my DMs are open. You know, one thing I don't know too much about is your dating life and history before your last relationship. What was that like? I, like I said, like everyone I I dated seriously, I, I met online. And I've always dated people who were maybe like a couple years older than I was. Maybe like three years is like my sweet spot. I love being with somebody who's like a like a good, just like three years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just like a couple years older. I, I've never dated anybody younger. And those relationships were relatively short-lived. Like I think my longest was maybe like six months. I had never lived with somebody before. And so th- th- these are all in my 20s. And so things would be, I mean, listen, I had a couple like, you know, hookups and like, things that just happened once and like I guess you could call them a one night stand or whatever but in terms of like relationships six months would was kind of like I would feel that it just wasn't the match and so it it would end are you still open to like flings and hookups or are you just like no you're just seriously looking to date well I I guess I would say yes because I I have done that in the past few you know since in these since the pandemic i have done that it's not my ideal like i would prefer to date somebody for real i'm telling you like i was so into this girl the one who i was like oh my god this is this is a sign we're supposed to be together and like we wound up like (laughs) i don't know how graphic to get it whatever we wound up like hooking up twice 
And then I, the next, I don't know, after one of the times I was like, the next day, it was like a Sunday morning. And I was like, hey, I really want to look at this chair at Restoration Hardware. Like, do you want to meet me there? Because she also was really into like interior design. That's something that also that mm-hmm. I'm like really passionate about. And I was like, and she was too. Like, we really had this in common. I was like, oh, do you want to go to Restoration Hardware? I have my eye on this chair. And I, I wasn't saying like, do you want to move in with me? It was like, do you want to just like hang out at Restoration Hardware and like play house? And yeah. She's like, I think we're looking for different things. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I just want to go to Restoration Hardware and like sit in a fucking chair. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where people are at in their lives. But like that to me was not a I was being very literal. Right. And like in a perfect world, like that's what I want. I want somebody to like do that shit. You know, somebody who's excited about doing that. Somebody who wants to go on like weekend getaways to, you know, I love the Hudson Valley. I love upstate New York. I friend of two of my best friends who you know live in Beacon. Like I, I love all of that. Your place upstate, I love. I, you know, Carolyn could be our grill daddy. That's another thing. I can't even yes. operate a grill. Maybe I can figure that in Fire Islands <laughs> here. Maybe we'll figure that out. Yeah, I, I can teach you how to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like I would be a good grill daddy if given the right instructions. Let's say you do meet somebody that you click with. Like, does anything scare you about? getting in another relationship oh my god of course i don't want to get hurt again what's well, probably why i got off the apps about a year literally about a year ago is because i started to get really comfortable just like being you know i got really comfortable in this sort of flow of my life and i was beginning to think well <laughs> it's like i'm getting disappointed by the girl who won't go to restoration hardware with me like why do i need this in my life so like I'm afraid right. of the rejection. Like that was like a rejection, and it's like I, yeah. it, fe- it feels that way to me. And I, I, I am legitimately scared. I know that you can live with somebody and and be together for years and have animals, and then the rug can be pulled out from under you, and that is very scary to me. But that's not holding me back. That's more just like there. It's it's there, but it's not debilitating. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who who's your friend, I don't think that that fear is holding you back a- at all. I think I think a problem and you've said this before, just in like giving advice to friends um, that there are just a lot of people out there who aren't serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I yeah. love when you talk about this. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, to sort of elaborate, I think it has to do with there are so many people on the apps and are out there dating who kind of advertise themselves as being available, but they're really not. There's always like an X in the wings. There's 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 other factors at play. So when I say serious, that's just my shorthand way of like saying all of that. So like when it comes to like what I'm really looking for, I want somebody who's like, truly available. Like I am like actually available. I don't have an right. ex in the wings. I don't have I'm not also dating men. Like I mean and, and it's fine if if that's your journey, but like for me I'm like talking about my what my needs are. Like I'm I'm serious in what I know that I want. I'm I'm very intentional and I'm deliberate. I I just know myself and know what really would work for me. So in short, I'm serious about myself, I guess, in like what what my boundaries are. 
Yeah, I, I feel like the times where I've heard you say, oh, this person isn't serious, just like, no, move on, forget it, it's not going to work, they're, they're not serious. It is that question of availability. And it's also, I think, in the beginning of a relationship and getting to know somebody, it shouldn't be hard. Like, nothing should feel hard about it. It should feel very easy. Can I ask you a question? I mean, this is a little bit sidestepping this, but I just thought, because I was out to dinner with with a friend last night. Okay. What is your take on a couple, or maybe it's you, like whatever, because I can't relate to this. You're dating somebody for a couple months, you break up for whatever the circumstances, getting back with that person two to three months down the line. Will that relationship work out? If you already ended it like three months in, I have two very close friends who were in relationship and then three months in, they break up. And then two weeks to three months, they get back. I think that has a chance. You do? Yeah, because two months isn't really much time anyway. And there's so many things in that first two months. Part of it could be timing. Part of it is that maybe somebody was less available than they thought. I know personally, I think mostly straight couples, but where they have broken up and gotten back together... Mm-hmm. And they've been together ever since for like over 10 years, right? whatever. And when they broke up, it was like a it's not you, it's me situation. So if it's that kind of situation where one person just once they're in it realizes, oh, I actually shouldn't be in this because I have X, Y, Z. Like I'm maybe they realize they're not over their ex. Maybe they have some some type of thing going on, whatever. Mm-hmm. They break up and then they find themselves in a better place. And if the other person is truly willing to forgive them and not be bitter about it and not bring it up every time they fight and be like, oh, what are you going to leave me again? You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. I think very much it, it, it could work. Yeah. JLo Ben Affleck situation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get, I guess that, that too. I think if enough time has passed, if it's been like, what was it, 15 years or something? 20 years. Yeah, between when they broke up and when they got back together. That, I'm like, okay. But like a couple that's been together for like two years and then two or three years, I don't know. And then you break up and then you get back to, I'm like, that's not working. Right. That is like, you guys have probably been fighting for the last two years. You're breaking up and then you miss each other or you're scared of being alone. Like, yeah. Yeah. It it all depends on the reason that things happen and and why you're getting back together. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, just like two of my really good friends, like are having the similar experience. And so I'm I'm interested to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, just fill in the blank. You should slide into my DMS. If, Oh, wow. Okay. You should slide into my DMS. If you live in the New York city area, you are so I'm 40. So like I said, I like somebody in my general radius. So like, let's say like 35 to 45. Uh, because references matter. I want to talk to you about Felicity and Mad About You and the Blonde Ambition Tour. And it's important to me that we can share these things. Let's see. I uh, listen, I like feminine with like an edge, like not hyper girly. Like I hate ruffles. I prefer like boots over heels. Like I don't know like, like someone's like wearing high heels all the time. Do I am attracted to like masculine energy, but like in like a feminine package, I guess, if that makes sense. What else? You know, you 
respect your own boundaries, you're confident, but you have a sense of humor about your own ridiculousness. And, you know, you like to make fun of me. Like, I kind of like that. You've had your friends for a long time. Um, you're a good friend. You let you like to text and, and talk. Taking care of your physical body is important to you because I believe like the outside is a reflection of the inside. I feel like that's it. All right. And where can they find you on Instagram? Is is that your preferred method? I'm guessing. Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, so my Instagram is Jess X N Y C J E S S X N Y C. That's it, baby. Great. <laughs> well, I think that's a great pitch, and I already know I'm going to be the first to know if you end up going on a date. Oh my god! But yeah, hopefully some fun stuff happens, and then we can do a, a follow up episode. I'm going to meet all these people. I, I'm gonna. You're going to tell me where the date is. Listen, gonna... guys, do you want to come to Fire Island with us with Carol in the summer? Do you want to go to P Town? We have the dates in the calendar. Hopefully, your freeze are in weeks. Like we have availability. I have room in my bed for you. Yes. <laughs> if you want to spoon me and my little baby girl. If you act really fast, we're going to Tulum. So oh if you're like, if you're really out of this world and the perfect match. Listen, I love, I love Mexico. I love it all. I want to travel. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Thanks so much, Jess. Thank you. Okay, so that interview was recorded a little while back, which means if you're listening around the time it's released, we would have just gotten back from our trip to Tulum. What else can I say about Jess that I haven't said already? Truly, she is just a gem. I am constantly on the lookout trying to find somebody who is worthy of her greatness. Just such a kick-ass, interesting, amazing person. And I, I can't wait to meet her future girlfriend, honestly, because we're going to have to get along, you know? Anyway, hey, if you like this podcast, why don't you go and give it a five-star review? You can leave something nice, a, a little note, make me smile, do that over on Apple Podcasts. I think you can do that on Spotify too. If you want to support the pod in other ways, get ad-free episodes, join a Discord, all that stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash pitch. Give us a follow on Instagram at loves a pitch. Give me a personal follow at TGI Carolyn. Uh, shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts, your hopes, your wishes. And also if you want to uh, apply to be on the show, whether it's a live show or this podcast, you can follow the um, links in the bio on Instagram to do that. This podcast is produced by Caitlin White and the music is by Velico. And thank you all for listening again. I better go now and text Jess something about the L word. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.